today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. says again in the biblical text as you read it the prophets spoke of the grace that embodies our salvation concerning the salvations the prophets who spoke of that grace that was to come to you this salvation is a salvation that we could never earn it's not something that you could attain on your own it's not something that you can do something to purchase it's free it's the cross Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see You're changing our lives, so we can be our hands and feet We have done nothing to deserve God's grace and favor. Long before we were born, since the fall of man, God has been plotting our redemption. Throughout the Old Testament, prophets received the word of God, foretelling Jesus' life, suffering, death, and resurrection. As Pastor Ed proclaims in today's message, his incredible gift of salvation is free. It is completely unmerited, completely undeserved. What amazing grace. All we need to do is surrender ourselves at the foot of the cross. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith. The first book of Peter, verses 10 to 12. It's only a few verses, but oh, they say so much to us. They speak of our great salvation. Salvation is the credible gift that God gives to his people. We can have the greatest gift ever given by the greatest giver, God. And that gift is salvation. In the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 10 to 12, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Wow. Heavenly host of angels trying to understand and look into the plan of salvation. What an incredible thought. God's word is incredibly powerful. Without it, we live disconnected lives, empty, shallow, and hollow. No matter how many things you might try and fill your life with, it will remain empty without God. T.S. Eliot, in 1925, gave the world the poem, The Hollow Man. Listen to its words. 
We are the hollow men. We are the stuffed men. Leaning together. Headpiece filled with straw, alas. Our dried voices, when we whisper together, are quiet and meaningless as wind in the dry grass. It speaks of the emptiness, the futility of life. That's life without God. Peter goes back and he quotes the poetic prophet in his book. As an answer, even though T.S. Eliot didn't give that poem in his time, he gives an answer to the hollowness, the emptiness, the futility. Peter says in chapter 1 of his book, For you have been born again, not of a perishable seed, but imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. They had listened to the preaching of the gospel. And it exploded inside of them and brought them brand new life, hope, a hope that lasts out into eternity. And Peter goes on to quote the ancient prophet poet, for all men are like grass and all their glory like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. When we receive that word and believe that word and stand on that word forever, we will live with God in eternity. And now Peter continues his thoughts on salvation. How great a salvation. J.H. Bernard said... Salvation, the salvation of man, is the final purpose of the whole Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books are pointing us towards a relationship with God and the salvation of our souls. That is what is most important in all of life. And now he looks back into the Old Testament And he talks about the prophetic message of salvation. In verses 10 and 11. Again, it says, concerning this salvation, the prophets. The prophets foretold, spoke about salvation. The prophets spoke prophetically. They spoke to their time, to their generation. They would come beside kings and correct them. They would speak encouraging words to those who were faltering along the way. They would give direction and insight into God's heart and mind. But they also spoke of a future time. In verses 10 to 11, this prophet spoke prophetically of our salvation. The prophet searched intently and with greatest care trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ, that was God's Holy Spirit inside of them, was pointing when he he predicted. What was happening is they would speak, and they were faithful to preach and teach the Word of God. They would speak to their times, to their people, to the generation that were their contemporaries. And they spoke powerfully, anointedly, 
that you knew, that you knew, that you knew that God was speaking. But they also spoke to a future generation. Uh, They spoke to generations not yet born, to people yet who were yet going to live. Oh, I could think, for example, of Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah the prophet ministered somewhere between 740 to 700 B.C., a period of about 40 years. In his ministry, he spoke of God's judgment, of his righteousness, but he also spoke prophetically of the future. In fact, the second half of Isaiah, chapter 40 to the end of the book, chapter 66, was speaking to a generation yet to be born. He was speaking to a generation that would go into exile years after his death. And when Jeremiah, or rather Isaiah spoke, he not only told them of a coming time where they would be taken into captivity, he told them of a coming day that they would be released from that captivity. His prophecy was about a day that they would be released from Babylon. And he actually named the ruler who would release them. He called him Cyrus. Cyrus released them 150 or over 100 years later. Cyrus read the book of Isaiah according to Josephus. And when he read it and he saw his name in it, he had been the king of Persia who took over Babylonia, who took over the Babylonian Empire. And when he read his name in there, that it was predicted that he would release the Jews, he was delighted. He sent them back to their homeland, all who wanted to go. He helped rebuild the temple at the beginning. He was spoken of before he was ever, ever born. The prophets would speak of future events before they ever happened. That was the ministry. The prophets, when they spoke of God's salvation, it was a mystery. Way back in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, God spoke to Abraham. God said, Abraham, your seed will be like the sands of the sea, like the stars of heaven, and the nations will be blessed. What did all of that mean? When God founded the nation of Israel, when he delivered them out of Egypt, they thought it was at times because of their their being just very special when they failed to recognize that the God that we serve is a gracious God. And, And Moses tried to remind them of that. It wasn't because that they were greater than anybody else. It was because of who God is. And they spoke the prophets of the grace that's involved in salvation. It says, again, in the biblical text, as you read it, the prophets spoke of the grace that embodies our salvation. Concerning the salvations, the prophets who spoke of that grace that was to come to you. This salvation is a salvation that we could never earn. It's not something that you could attain on your own. It's not something that you can... Do something to purchase. It's free. It's the cross. And it is always the cross. 
All of us have access to God if we come through Jesus Christ. And if we come to the foot of the cross, we have to realize that's the only place for salvation. Beneath that cross, beneath that precious blood, that blood that atones for our sins, Jesus is the Lamb of God, the Bible says, that takes away the sin of the world. And the prophets predicted a coming grace. And that's what salvation is all about. When Peter was writing to the people in Asia Minor, which is currently Turkey, he was speaking about the grace of God that came to them, the message of hope, of salvation, that would transform and change their life. It was God's grace. Now, someone has said, in creation, God shows us his hand. In salvation, he shows us his heart. It really, truly is all about God. It really is all about Him. Uh, The cross was the greatest demonstration of God's love. His heart was torn apart. He suffered untold agony and suffering so that we could be made right with God, that we could have a relationship with God, that we could come into the kingdom. See, that's the hope that we have in Christ. And so the prophet's prophesied of a coming grace that would be given God's favor, God's benevolent favor, and it's found in Jesus. Now the prophets spoke of Christ, the Christ of our salvation. If you look again at the verse, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ, and the glories that would follow. Now, that was a puzzle to them. Messiah was going to be glorious and powerful and mighty. He was going to be a greater than David, a greater than Moses, and yet he was going to suffer. And it was difficult to put those two components together, those two pieces together. How did it all fit together? These prophets had a future revealed to them that they didn't fully understand. Well, let me illustrate it this way. The songwriter of the Old Testament was David. His psalms were the Israelites' hymns. They would sing the psalms. Now, David had produced many psalms that were sung in the temple and sung in worship. Picture with me one day, David turning in the manuscript. And here's the song that you're to sing. Here's the worship that you're to sing. Listen to just some of the words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. I am poured out like water. And all my bones are out of joint. A band of evil men have encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. And cast lots for my clothing. Here comes the director of music. David. Some of your other songs. Man they were a hit. That 23rd Psalm, that's off the charts. David, Psalm 27, 
Man, that was great. David, this latest song that you've written, I, I don't know. Maybe we should send it to the editors or something. David said, no, no, no. This is what God gave me. Well, but David, when did they ever pierce your hands and your feet? Uh, David, when did they ever sit around and start gambling for your garments? David, when did you feel so parched like you were dying? I can't explain it. But I was in the spirit. And God just gave me this song to sing. And we're to sing it in our worship. One day, we may understand what it means. One day, our eyes may be open. One day the people will understand it would take nearly a thousand years before they understood Isaiah the prophet speaks of Messiah in the second half of his book and again Isaiah is ministering 740 to 700 it would be over 700 years before Jesus would come And yet, when he speaks, he talks about him being wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed, despised, and rejected of men, a man acquainted with sorrows. Isaiah didn't fully understand what he was writing, but he wrote it. Because God was speaking to him. It was Peter W. Stoner and Robert C. Newman who wrote a book called Science Speaks. This book was a compilation of the probabilities of the prophecy of the Messiah coming to pass. And they looked at 60 major prophecies. They said, that for eight, just eight of those prophecies to happen, the chances were one in ten to the seventeenth power. In other words, that's one with seventeen zeros after it. Just eight of them. God spoke to the prophets foretelling the coming of Messiah before it ever happened. And what Peter is doing is he's looking back into the Old Testament. He's reaching back into the Old Testament and he's saying, God spoke to them prophetically. Uh, God spoke to them of a grace that we were to receive. God spoke to them of the sufferings of Christ. 700 years later, outside of Jerusalem, the first Gentile convert on record was saved. He was in a chariot, and Philip the evangelist heard the Lord talk to him, and he said, Philip, go beside him and speak to him. And let me read it right from the book of Acts. The Spirit told Philip, go to the chariot, stay near it. Philip ran up to the chariot, heard a man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. 
The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent. He was reading the prophecy of Isaiah. And then Philip opened to him the scripture and explained that this was Jesus, the one who suffered and died and was crucified in Jerusalem and who rose from the dead, that this was the promised Messiah. And there, this Ethiopian eunuch, a man of great standing in the kingdom, was saved. The first Gentile, an African, a black man. Now, the Italians would come later, Acts chapter 10. (laughs) But here, this man heard the prophecy and was saved, and his life was changed. And what Peter was saying, as he spoke to the churches of Asia Minor, what is now Turkey, the prophecies, the message of salvation by grace, was all predicted and all foretold, and you are the recipients of it. Hallelujah. And you and I are the recipients of it. We understand what Isaiah only saw dimly. We understand what Abraham only comprehended vaguely. We have seen and we have understand and we have believed the message of salvation foretold for millenniums. That's what Peter is saying. Hallelujah. It's something to be excited about. He told of the sufferings of Christ, but he also told of the glory of Christ. He foretold the glory of Jesus when he said that Jesus would rise from the dead, when he would ascend to heaven, when he would sit at the right hand of the Father, when he would come back a second time, when he would rule eventually as King of kings and Lord of lords. If the prophecies were right the very first time, they are going to be right the second time as well. If they were fulfilled to the minutest detail, they will be fulfilled again. That's our hope. Peter is saying, listen, you may be going through suffering now. You may be going through hard times now. It may be difficult for you now, but you have a life ahead of you. You have an eternal life. And just as Jesus first wore a crown of thorns before he had a crown of gold, so every believer has to wear a crown of thorns first in this present world before he receives that glorious crown that will cast out the feet of the Savior. See, that's the promise that through this time of suffering and trial, we can hold on. Now, he, he says it again because throughout his book, he's going to bring us back again and again to this point. He's writing in verses 12 to 13 of chapter 4. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you are participating in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. We hope you've been blessed by the teaching of Dr. Edward Jones in the book of 1 Peter and invite you to join us again. In the meantime, we'd love to keep in touch with you. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. We're here to join you in prayer for whatever is going on in your life or to answer any questions you may have about how you could have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
That phone number again is 845-462-5955. Be sure to check out our website as well at buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll find messages from previous series available to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Get to know the wonderful people behind Building in Faith and learn what we believe as a church and desire to share with everyone who listens. We know that God is using the Building in Faith radio ministry to spread the good news of the gospel, but we encourage you to not let this be your only source of spiritual guidance. Reading the Bible, prayer, and fellowship with other believers are all encouraged in God's Word and are extremely beneficial to anyone who wishes to grow closer to God. If you are in the Poughkeepsie, New York area and don't have a church family, we welcome you to join us here at Faith Assembly. For location information, service times, and a calendar of other great upcoming events, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com. That's all the time we have for today. But join us again next time right here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues teaching through the book of 1 Peter. Your word restores and heals, transforms, rebuilds, and it makes a Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio willowcreek.com summit.